What's up, guys? Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC 279 this weekend. Hamzat Chemaya versus Nate Diaz in the main event. 13 fights on the slate. Should be a good one. Um, sorry for not coming out with a video last week. I was on vacation, but I am back now, and we, we got a lot of good fights um, this week and for the rest of the year. This is going to be a, a pretty intriguing slate with the top end, which we'll touch on um, shortly. But as always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my favorite tournament matchup of the week. Um, also, the first week of NFL, the uh, Bills versus Rams game is Thursday, which is today when I'm recording. And obviously, we got a main slate on Sunday. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. So much great content coming out throughout the week, not only for MMA, but for other sports like the NFL. Like the video and let me know. Um, let's go 8K range. Who's your favorite fighter in the 8K range? I feel like that's a good um, range to be able to separate yourself from the field this week. So always interested to hear your thoughts. Let's start with my cash game play of the week, which is going to be Hamza Chemaev at 9.6K. He is minus 1450 in the main event this week against Diaz. And look, I mean, it's hard to argue against Chemaev being the favorite in this matchup over 25 rounds. He's mostly a superior wrestler. I think that's where the biggest advantage lies for Chemaev. He's averaging 3.23 takedowns per 15 minutes. Diaz, obviously, you know, uh, uh, one of the most enjoyable fighters of all time. Um, and still capable, but doesn't defend takedowns very well. Uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu, but 41% takedown defense. And I think Chemaev will be able to get him down and earn top position if he tries. There are some questions to whether he's even going to want to wrestle with Diaz, just because coming off a fight against Gilbert Burns in which he mostly mostly wanted to stand and trade and you know he's probably going to be hunting for a highlight reel knockout or he could be but I also think he just has tremendous wrestling upside which should come with control ground strikes etc Edwards landed four takedowns against Nate uh five minutes of control and over 25 minutes I mean Chemayev has five plus takedown upside 10 plus minute minutes of control upside and um, the ability to land a lot of strikes on the ground. And his inside distance line is minus, there's now, th every time I check it changes, minus 350. I see him up to minus 550 inside the distance in some spots. Um, not that I, I necessarily believe he is going to finish Diaz, but he could. Uh, and if he doesn't, 25 minutes to work with, still take down control, strike upside. It, it's just hard to argue against Shamaya being the best option on this slate. The other really strong option is Almeida at 9.5K. And it's going to be really interesting where people go because you can't really play both of them. I mean, you can, but you're going to be pretty limited on who else you can fit into that lineup, so I don't necessarily recommend it. Almeida rates out very, very, very well as well, but I think Chemayev's safer. I think Chemayev has a higher ceiling. Um, he's going to be my preferred play in all formats this week. Moving on to my tournament play of the week, wanted to go, it's not sneaky, but a, a little bit contrarian here with Jake Collier 
at 9.1K. And the reason why I think it's a little bit contrarian is because Chemayev is going to be incredibly highly owned. Almeida is going to be very, very highly owned. And then, you know, people will look to... There's a couple fighters in the 8K range that stand out. I think Li Jingliang, priced right below Collier, could be a, a popular option. So 9.1K, I just don't know if people are going to look to Collier. And I think he's risky. But I also think he does have upside against Chris Barnett, who I'm not a big fan of. Um, bet against him in his last fight against Martin Budai, and, and he just looked poor. And Collier's actually been pretty impressive over the last uh, handful of fights. I know he jumped up multiple weight classes and is definitely you know overweight for this division. But skills-wise, he, he's looked decent, and he's coming off a loss to Andre Arlovsky, in which he, he should have deserved that win. Landed 93 significant strikes and two takedowns. Uh, prior to that, submitted Chase Sherman in round one and then had competitive fights with with Carlos Felipe and John Vellante prior to that. And Chris Barnett, like, yeah, he has a spinning wheel kick knockout over John Vellante, but I just don't think he's that precise of a striker. I think his grappling is really poor. His cardio looks really poor. And I, I will not be surprised if Collier can have success on the ground in this matchup. I mean... Um, the losing by submission to Ben Rothwell in the second round in his UFC debut, that was a really, really bad look. And then against Budai, he got really tired, um, kind of was lucky to not be finished there. I know it's like a, uh, I think it was a technical decision. He kind of quit late in the fight, so the it was a technical decision. But I, I really don't think Barnett has a long uh, career in this promotion, and I think Collier has a chance to have success on the feet and on the ground as long as he doesn't get knocked out. Collier is plus 105 inside the distance, I believe. Minus 440 to win. That, that's obviously a good number. Plus 100 inside the distance. So um, he definitely has upside. I just don't think people are going to prioritize him, which is fine. I'm obviously going to pay up for Chemayev when I can. Almeida is a little bit of a different story, but has upside there as well. I think Collier is a really, a really solid option if you can't pay up to the top, I think he'll be owned somewhat, but he definitely won't be the chalk. Sneaky grappling upside, sneaky finishing upside, and uh, I'd like to be a little bit overweight to the field there on Collier. So he's going to be my tournament play of the week at 9.1K. Moving on to my salary play of the week, I'm going to roll with Daniel Rodriguez at 7.5K, and he's the underdog, uh, plus 170 to Kevin Holland, which is fair to, you know, Fair or unfair, he, he's plus 170. He's taking this fight on somewhat short notice. I think the fight's up a 180-pound catch weight. And uh, Holland's going to be bigger than him, 6'3", or 6'1", 81-inch reach, 74-inch reach. I don't necessarily know that I'd say, oh, Daniel Rodriguez definitely deserves to be the favorite. But I've also been kind of lower than the public on Holland throughout his career. And uh, I think Rodriguez looks good. I mean, Rodriguez is a very competent boxer. Um, averaging 8.06 significant strikes per minute, 5.38 absorbed per minute. So he does get hit. 57% striking defense, which is fine. Um, he's landed 175, 129, and 120 significant strikes in three of his UFC fights. That is like very consistent high volume. And Holland doesn't really have that type of a style. I know he landed 123 strikes against John Phillips in 2018, but... Rodriguez isn't just going to sit at range and, and eat kicks for, for 
for three rounds, I don't think. Other than that, Holland hasn't even topped 80 strikes. He's obviously dangerous, wild, has finishing upside himself. Um, the only time Rodriguez has been hurt in the UFC, he was dropped by Dwight Grant, but then came back to land three knockdowns in that same round and won by KO. So, yeah, Holland has some submission ability, some knockout ability, but if this fight just plays out over the duration. I don't see why it won't be competitive. I think Rodriguez is a better boxer in the pocket. He'll have to maybe struggle a little bit to close the distance, like Holland can have success at range with his kicks especially. But on the inside, I think Rodriguez is a good uh, good enough boxer to compete with Holland, throws at a higher pace, has some knockout equity himself, and possibly could wrestle. I mean, Holland defense takedowns at 50%. Rodriguez doesn't really... Russell much himself only has one takedown landed in the UFC but landed four on Dana White's contender series he could uh, mix in a takedown or two and, and the bottom line is at 7.5k I'm, you know what I'm willing to take chances like the bottom end of pricing just really weak Nate Diaz Turkali Danielle Wolf Chris Barnett you have to save salary somewhere and Rodriguez is a competent enough fighter in a high-paced matchup that I think should be competitive if he survives. I think he has a path to victory and some grappling, some finishing equity as well. So I will be buying Rodriguez at 7.5K. And if you want to use Holland in tournaments, I'm not saying to avoid him. 8.7K, plus 135 inside the distance. I'll be underweight, but I do think Holland has some finishing upside as well. All right, finally, my tournament matchup of the week. I'm rolling with... Ion Kudalaba versus Johnny Walker. This one should be popular, but it's an important one to talk about. Kudalaba is minus 225, Walker plus 185. On DraftKings, Kudalaba 8.6K, Walker 7.6K. And Kudalaba, I think, is going to be you know significantly more popular at minus 225, only 8.6K. Uh, minus 125 inside the distance. Those are really good marks. And Walker, you know, coming off... Four losses in his last five, three of them, two of them by knockout. But you know, the, his one win, he was dropped twice. He just he he hasn't he's not a great fighter. He doesn't look good. He gets hurt a lot. Wild, um, kind of dependent on these meme round one finishes, and also doesn't defend takedowns that well. So Kudalaba has early knockout upside. Kudalaba has wrestling upside and in a win Kudalaba is likely to put up a decent score if not an optimal score minus 125 inside the distance is a, a great number i don't trust walker's durability so Kudalaba is a great great tournament option at 8.6k i definitely think you should have exposure to walker though at 7.6 because he'll carry leverage against the higher owned Kudalaba in a matchup that's minus 435 to end inside the distance. And probably the most realistic outcome for Walker in a win is a first round KO. He's plus 245 inside the distance. That's a good number for his DraftKings price. And he's going to be significantly uh, bigger than Kudalaba, like 6'6 versus 6'1, 82 inch reach versus 75 inch reach. That doesn't mean everything, but it's not like it probably doesn't hurt you know like i i do think walker could have his moments and kudalaba um was knocked out by ankalaev you know he's coming off a submission loss to ryan span in which i don't know kudalaba's just not the most trustworthy guy he's kind of spastic um doesn't always make the best decisions 
being a lot smaller than Walker, I mean, Walker is going to try and kill him early in this fight, and I just don't think that's that far out of the range of outcomes. On a slate where there's really not many underdogs to target, I think Walker has clear finishing upside, plus you're gaining leverage against him uh, or against Kudalaba. So I think this is a great, great tournament fight to target, one of my favorites on the entire slate. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you so much for the support. You can follow me on Twitter, Brett Apley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings needs. Just posted breakdowns for every fight on the slate. Got a premium podcast coming up, rankings, projections, all that good stuff, dailyfanmma.com. Once again, make sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video, let me know who your favorite 8K range fighter is. Best of luck this week, guys. Take care, stay safe, talk to you soon. Peace.